Hello, I'm Mariette Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on taking good care of yourself and others. Today's topic is menopause can be a powerful and rewarding journey. My guest is Nidhi Amanda Chato, certified therapeutic counselor, end of life doula and integrative life coach from Hookville in the Garden Route. Welcome Nidhi. Thank you so much for Mariette for having me today and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation with you. Thank you. To our listeners, after our conversation, Nidhi will give us her three best tips on connecting with your true identity. And then there will be time for a fun question. Nidhi, how would you describe your calling? I love this question because each time I get asked it it comes out a little bit differently, but basically my calling is that of a sacred wise woman on a journey of authenticity, of groundedness, and of creating a wisdom legacy for those who are yet to come, those who are here now, and those who came before. And I invite others to come with me on this journey to create an intentional life that is self-fulfilled and that offers one deep meaning inner freedom and incredible joy so that you can be the magnificent being that you are in your life that sounds like something one can go on working towards right through till the end of your life absolutely absolutely now back to menopause what does it mean in the simplest sense so the word menopause is to pause the menses the menstruation and it's so interesting that the question menopause in its simplest form because i think it's not simple i think menopause is a process a rite of passage that women go through that has so many different aspects and um i refer to my grandmother because in those days they called it the change and that is what it is it's a change of life it's a time where we go through a deep transformational process and a transition out of being a productive reproductive person into a life of honoring ourselves on our journey and working with this as a rite of passage a process to actually step into your authenticity and strength how would you describe the different paths of menopause so the journey of menopause is just as powerful hormonally as it is when we start menstruating so when we go through puberty we start a process where our bodies change considerably and we grow into out of our innocence of childhood into becoming young women and we go through many hormonal changes and that affects us physically emotionally mentally spiritually and our 
feelings and moods, etc. And we start to, to have different needs in our sense of belonging and identity. And the same thing happens when we go through menopause, is that we go through physical changes, we stop producing ovaries and going through our cycle, and that takes a period of time. But with, with that comes a, um, a process of questioning, of, of emotional changes, of fluctuations, in changes in our relationship. We start to question where we belong, our feeling and our feelings of identity change. And so there's so many different aspects that happen during this time for women and often leaves them feeling disconnected, unsure, not, not having a sense of belonging, questioning their role, questioning who they are, um, going through a lot of turmoil physically and not knowing how to actually find a way through. Of course, I've been through it. And hearing you say like that really makes me realize how seldom we talk about this because it's it's not really something that's often addressed. Absolutely. And it's also, we, we tend to, once we go through that part of our life, we seem to become redundant. It's like we're not participating anymore. And we pushed aside and and. In the Western cultures, we don't honor the elders. They're not seen as, as honored. They're often not taken notice of. And it's a deeply sad process because people are not allowed to express their life experience and their wisdom, which is so beautiful and has such value to add to the younger generations. And if you look at our indigenous cultures, often the grandparents raise the children and they bring in the values and the ethics and the way of living because they, they have more patience and more life experience. So often we, are, we don't speak about it because there's a lot of shame and there's also a lot of fear around the process of aging and feeling redundant and feeling that... Um, there's no purpose and nothing to work towards. And yet our productivity, according to research, is far higher in those later years of our lives. And there's a, a survey that I recently read that they did that between the age of 60 and 70 in America, that's where people are most productive. And the next um, age thereafter was 70 to 80. And I think the next one was 50 to 60. So definitely the age of the change and when we can start to connect with our life experience and, and allow our wisdom to come through, we have so much to offer. And it's certainly more, it seems to be more um, acceptable now where more people are living longer and having more vital alive life, lives and having second careers once they complete their retirement. And so there's certainly a, a shift in the awareness around the elder and what role the elder can play in our society. I'm so glad that there's a shift because 
I read you wrote somewhere that aging is not regarded as a beautiful process and does not end in a beautiful woman. Now, of course, this is in our society. Uh, could, could you give us your view on this? Very much so. You know, um, it's, it's, beauty is often not seen in, in the silver hair or the wrinkled face, and yet it is exquisite. And it's part of the process of life is that aging process. And um, uh, there's an old word for a woman who stops menstruating and goes through the change. And that is the word crone. And it's been, that word has been created into a negative word. And if you look it up in the dictionary, it says ugly woman. So they've created a narrative around the aging process and particularly with women where aging and having gray hair or silver hair and wrinkles on your face and being slower and doing things a little bit differently is not seen as beautiful. And yes, yet it is more beautiful, the more natural and the more accepting one is, the beauty shines from another place and that wisdom comes through. And that is the exciting thing for me about aging while we navigate the, the, the changes that happen in our body, which can sometimes feel really negative and difficult to deal with. Yeah, I must say that for a long time, I've thought that a wonderful ideal would be to become an old crone. And then, <laughs> because I thought that was in an, a positive, uh, an archetype in the positive sense, you know. I didn't mm, realize mm. that the dictionary would, would define it as an ugly woman. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that. And the thing is that it is being an old crone. And that's actually why I use the word wise woman, because, yes. because there's the, the, the energy around the word wise woman is far more uplifting than thinking about being an old crone and what that actually means. Although the crone is the wise woman. Mm. She is the woman who's gone through her life and has weathered so much, and yet she walks authentically on her path, yeah. not ashamed of who she is. And I think that is so important. Yes, yes, that's mm. beautifully put. Nidhi, during menopause, we relinquish certain roles. You just touched on it. Uh, I'd like mm. to know how one should how should one best go about relinquishing those roles and working with that whole uh, subject. Well, I think what as we go through this change and with the physical changes and the emotional changes, and it's a developmental stage as well, we start to question who we are. And when we're not a mother who's serving and nurturing and when we're not a wife and a lover and a friend and a colleague and a partner and a sister and a daughter and a, you know, an aunt and all those roles that we take on in our lives, that they become part of our identity. And suddenly as we go through this process and this change, a lot of those roles slip away. And, you know, that empty nest syndrome can start happening where suddenly your purpose is, is you're not needed the same way. And because our society does make one feel redundant, mm. that we actually don't have a place anymore. And so what we start to do is question, who am I? And 
when we can understand that we are going through a huge transition of our own identity, we can step into an identity that resonates with who we are, connects it to our authenticity. And that's where we can say, I'm choosing to be a wise woman and I'm going to walk my path authentically and strong in who I am. And I'm going to feel okay about embracing the parts of me that aren't so pretty and aren't so easy to deal with because we all have the shadow aspects of ourselves that we have to deal with. And as we grow into our wisdom and become the crone or the wise woman or postmenopausal, we have an opportunity to really step into our power and to pull our power back from all the places in our lives where we've silenced ourselves, where we compromised who we are, where we fitted into these roles and boxes that were expected of us. And we start to, to become more of who we are. And then that gives us an opportunity to really go on a beautiful journey of self-fulfillment and self-awareness. And then we can show up and serve others from a place of fullness and of strength and of courage. And we lead by example. And then there's no redundancy in our path. We become wise and we are able to share that wisdom and courage and show others what it means to, that it's okay to get old, that you, you are, that you grow into this maturity and this wisdom and this beauty of authenticity. You once said that acceptance of aging is related to our inner child. What does this mean? So part of the work that I'm doing with, with sacred wise womanhood is about the journey of going through our lives and picking up these gems that we drop and are often hidden because of what happens in our lives and how our life, lives pan out. And the most important aspect of ourself is that, that innocent child that was so free and playful and full of wonderment and curiosity when we were very little. But because of conditioning and life and how it unfolds and whatever our life experience has been and the traumas that we've gone through, often we, we hide that, that sparkle away and we forget it. And so as we start to unpack and, and discover these beautiful gems of who we are, and we reconnect with this inner child and we give her the love and the support and that she needs to be in the fullness of her being. It connects us with a part of ourselves that we may have forgotten. And it's, it's, it's like this, this process of bringing back these parts of ourselves. And I call it about connecting the gems that we eventually put into our crown as we become these queens and take our rightful place as empowered, strong, authentic, wise woman. So the relationship with the, with the child within us is such an important relationship and such a, a beautiful opportunity to reconnect with so that we can actually connect with the essence of who we are. 
I think many of us are not sure exactly how to go about that. And we're going to talk about your work in a couple of minutes. Then we'll come back to this point. Okay. Another thing you've mentioned is that menopause can involve a lot of rage. Could you elaborate on that? Well, I think part of the, the, the change that comes with the fire and the heat and the, the questioning and the uncertainty and not knowing where, to, where one belongs is that we get really angry. And that rage comes into us and sometimes we don't know how to deal with it because there is so many times in our lives where we have put ourselves on hold and taken ourselves back, back because we we have served served others so so much in our lives and learning to work with that rage can be so empowering because first of all it's about accepting that it's there and acknowledging that that there are parts of us that are incre incredibly angry and at life circumstances at what is going on in the world in in the fact that we never had a chance to stand up and say what we wanted to say. We were silenced for whatever reason. So that rage can be a, a really empowering fire aspect that can push us forward and motivate us to make different choices and to consciously choose how we're going to step forward in our lives. And, you know, anger is an emotion that, can be destructive, but it can also be very constructive in that it can actually motivate us and it creates a opportunity for us to take action. And as we take action, so we can start to work with those parts of ourselves where we feel depleted or unworthy or unheard, not seen, not noticed, undervalued, and there's, 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 I think, a lot in the collective around rage, rage. And I think I recently saw in the last couple of days where in some of the Eastern European countries, women have been standing up against rape and abuse. And they did their, their um, protest in a very powerful way. And it was quite disturbing for people because they, they had blood on their legs and they didn't wear pants. And they sh they showed depic depiction of of the the wound, and that is rage. People are angry with with the levels of abuse and trauma and disempowerment, and so it's it happens very much for us when we go through that change of life, with all this home hormonal change mm. within ourselves. What would you say is the best? possible outcome of the journey through menopause? Um, for me, the, 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 the best outcome is to really work with this process of, of coming into this place of, of authenticity, of strength, of being able to confront the parts of the self that aren't always easy to confront, to look at the shadow, and to, to use the journey, although it is challenging and physically sometimes women go through terrible suffering, is to try and work holistically. You know, that, that process of wholeness where we work with 
our mindset and our emotions and our relationship with ourselves and with others and the physicality and the way we we take care of ourselves and our spiritual connection with with our higher power and honoring the ancestors of those who've come before all of those processes and ceremonies and places of doing this powerful work can really shift the way that we show up post-menopause and that we can from that place become these leaders who, who show an example of what it means to be empowered, to stand strong in our authenticity and to, to really come from a place of fullness and wholeness within ourselves because then we can really make a difference in the world and we can create a wisdom legacy that can inspire our children and the people that we work with and our descendants, people who will come once we've gone, they will resonate and be touched by the beautiful process that we're going through. And it really comes down to a choice. It comes down to a choice of how am I going to live a beautiful life and have meaning in my life and honor myself on my journey towards aging and maturity. Thank you, Nidhi. Could you please tell us about your Quest for Queendom program? Absolutely. Um, so, so I'll just give you a little bit of background. So when I was about 35, 34, I had this really deep calling that I wanted to not just get old, that I, it was my role and responsibility on, on some level to, to lead by example, to work with younger people, to show them a different way. And I made this decision to, to go on this path of sacred wise womanhood. And so for years and years, I started gathering information and looking at this process and working with um, the elements and the cycles of life and observing the changes that we go through. And also just, as I said, sp spoke about the psychosocial changes, the changes and the processes that go through us mentally, emotionally, socially, uh, physically and spiritually and because that is happening all the time and as I pr approached my own menopause and my own journey um, towards becoming older I went and studied at the age of 52 I went and studied psychology so I was a mature student and it was such a powerful process and it brought in a lot of understanding and wisdom of the stages of development that we go through and how each of these stages gives us an opportunity to make a conscious choice as to how we're going to show up. So I created this, this work called Quest for Queendom. And it's about this journey of going uh, on, a, on a quest around the circle, which I call the medicine wheel, which is just a working with the different directions and the elements and going through the different phases of our lives to find these gems and bring them into our queendom so that we can use that wisdom and that knowledge that's within us to live this beautiful, authentic life, to, to, to create a wisdom legacy. And so Quest for Queendom works with inner self-care and then working with, the, with standing in the center of your own life 
and choosing your path and your map almost of how you're going to navigate this incredible change that we go through. And then we do some work with the inner child that I spoke about. And that's very much around connecting with those parts of ourselves. And sometimes this work is painful, but through that painful work and through the gentleness and the the kindness that we start to bring into our relationship with ourselves, we can work through that pain and find the light and find solace and find peace in those painful places and release them and, and let them be, but bring them the wisdom that comes from them. So we also work with the inner critic, which is something that we develop at quite a young age, the critical aspect of ourselves, how to work with that part of us, that voice, and how to bring that and make that voice empowered because the critic doesn't always have to be destructive. It can promote us to move forward, but it's how we change that language with ourselves. And we also work with our creative essence, the part of us that's this creative being, the productive person, and how we can bring that beautiful energy into a, into a different state of being as we go through our menopause journey, how to work with our freedom and our power And then we work with the teenage part of ourselves, the aspect of ourselves where we became very strong in our ego and our identity and we stood up for the rights and things that we believed in, but we also silenced our voice and we also kept quiet. And, you know, there is a lot of trauma around that that we carry from our young adulthood into life that often hasn't been dealt with or looked at. And then we also look at the time in between the sort of the space between menopause and coming out of menopause, that sometimes it's this space of uncertainty and we're not sure what to do and how to navigate that and know that we are creating something new, but it takes time to evolve. And we also look at the mother wound, the wounds of the mother. This is a, um, a generational wound of worthiness that women pass on to their daughters who pass on to their daughters. And that that's something that's generational and happened for many years. And so when we start to look at our worthiness and that the, the worthiness doesn't have to be measured according to anything but on how we honor ourselves, it's a really important part of this journey. Um, and then we also look at the shadow part of ourselves, the part of us that the parts that we aren't proud of, they're where the shame sits. And we bring grace into that because grace and self-acceptance helps us to walk on this journey of authenticity in a very, very authentic way, in a, in a way that's grounded and real. Because part of what happens through menopause is we become real. We drop a lot of that. And we spoke earlier about the identities. We find a new way of being in the world. And we need to honor our voice and have our say and take our rightful place. So we then work with our wisdom legacy of what we are creating for those generations. And we also honor the process of preparing for our end of life and making a decision to walk gracefully and gently and beautifully in our lives as we age and as our maturity happens with all these beautiful gems that we've gathered along the way 
um, and we we step onto into the path of being a sacred wise woman. So this this is a twelve week one on one rite of passage quest that I take people on. But what I can also do, and what I'm doing now, is doing single sessions. So if you know if someone wants to work just with the child part of themselves, we can do a process around that. So. That is the the whole container of the Sacred Rise Woman work. And then within that, there are many different aspects that can be worked with individually, um, depending on what's happening for someone and where they're at and where I can add and help them navigate through the difficultness or the challenging time that's coming up around this time of their life. And where can people get information about this program and your other work? So I have a website, which is Nidhi. It's N-I-D-H-I-Amanda.com. And although my website is under construction, it's, it's I'm just changing things up. All the information is on there. And also my contact details are there. And there's links to my social media on there. And um, I... I'm just going to ask if you could put the the link for my website under this podcast, which would be wonderful. Yes, I'd do that. And I'll also put a link to our other podcast, which is about living and dying consciously. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nidhi, could you give us your three tips on connecting with your true identity? For me, the most important thing that we have, this powerful, powerful tool is the power of breath. And as we breathe in and just fill our whole body with oxygen, it helps us to become present and it helps us to get into our bodies. And sometimes just by taking a few moments to breathe, we come into calmness and we can reconnect with our essential self. And that helps us to stay connected to our true identity. The second tip is grounding, where we really connect with our feet on the earth and we feel ourselves solid and strong. And sometimes if you just stand with your feet hip distance apart and you slightly bend your knees and you just breathe into your belly, you can just feel yourself connecting with the earth and feel yourself supported and held and know that no matter what's going on, you've got this. This helps you. It, 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 it helps you to connect with, with your core. And then the third tip is about honoring yourself, that no matter what's going on and no matter how difficult it is, to take a moment to just bless and honor yourself for the journey that you've been on, for where you are now, and to focus on what you are doing that's wonderful and empowering. So honoring yourself is soft. It brings you into softness and you stop criticizing yourself and pushing against and you come into a place of far more peace and balance and surrender. And then you can deal with things differently because you're dealing with it from a strength, an inner strength and an inner resilience that can hold you no matter what is happening in your life. Thank you. 
May I now ask you a fun question? You may, and I look forward to what it's going to be. Well, we're going to the realm of the imagination, so your answer needn't be practical. If you could make yourself a scarf from anything one finds in nature, it can now really be anything, what would you use to make a one-of-a-kind scarf? I would use the golden orb spider's web. Ooh. Because it is so beautiful and strong. And when it's in the light, it just is gold. And I just think that that would be a beautiful thing to do. But I'd make sure that the spider had left the building. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm now going to Google. the, the tell, it, tell me the name again. It's a golden orb spider. The golden orb spider yeah. to see what its web looks like. Thank you, Nidhi. Thank you for giving me a completely new approach to, as you say, the change in our lives and that we can regard it as a time of transition. So one doesn't, one needn't get stuck there. One can see it mm. as a door to many new opportunities. Absolutely. And that is so beautifully said. It's exactly that. And thank you so much for, for having me on your podcast and for having this conversation with me. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us. If you found this episode inspiring, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd rate Calm, Clear and Helpful where you download your podcasts. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in improving your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneeman.co.za for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me and the music is by Mark Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.